people who are job candidates and job seekers become almost objectified and like we are the product. No, you have to remember that you are auditioning the company, okay? You are an asset. You have, no matter what your background is, no matter what experiences, education you have, you need to remember that you are the one that is going to be doing the work. This is going to be your career. It is your time. It is your family. It is your one life that you have to live. And we teach students in high school and in college and even beyond that that this is a scary process and you're going to have to interview hundreds of times and you know you have to be perfect and you have to fit the mold and they have to want you you have to make them want you no if if a company or a position doesn't want you or it's not the right fit there is something else out there for you that is meant to be and i truly believe that and it's really hard and it's really disheartening to see so many people especially young people in and coming out of college that just beat themselves up and just hate on themselves for not getting a specific job or having such a hard time. Know that everybody else is going through it. It is a rocky path for most people. And eventually, if you follow your gut and you make decisions that feel right, you will end up in the right place. Life is going great until one day you're out of work. No matter how it happened, you need to find a new job, pronto. The problem is, no one ever taught you how to navigate the ever-shifting and ever-changing wasteland of applying for a job in the modern market. I'm Rob Conlon, and here on Recruiting Hell, I help people get jobs. I'm on a mission to help educate 10,000 job seekers on the best ways to get hired in the modern job market. No matter your field, this show is designed to help you level up your job hunting game and escape the many circles of recruiting hell. Step into my studio, and let's get you the hell out of here. This episode of Recruiting Hell is generously supported by our friends at CoinList, one of the fastest-growing companies in the cryptocurrency space. CoinList is hiring. Visit www.coinlist.co slash jobs to apply. Tell them Rob sent you. Hello and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. I want to welcome you back to the second part of our two-parter with our friends over from the Sip With Me podcast, Ioana Kikados and Aaron Carlson. Folks, welcome back to the show for round two of talking about MLMs today. Yes, we're excited. Yes, we're glad to be back. Now, Aaron, if you'd be so kind as to resume your point last week of your moral dilemma from this YouTuber coming into your college gym. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I faced this moral dilemma where I kind of had like a fiduciary duty to my program of, okay, especially in student affairs and in higher education, you want to always be Mm -hmm. thinking about the student and what's best for them. And you want them to learn and have new experiences and all that kind of stuff. And this would be an amazing experience for a lot of students. Um, and it was, you know, there was a, a community like that got built around her classes. But then two, you also want to protect your school. You want to protect your program. Both 
by not having, you know, bringing in harmful, like, opportunities, things that could hurt people. But also you want good numbers. You want something at the end of the year. You need to have a deliverable, and you need data to deliver to administrators to say, hey, you need to keep funding my program, or you need to not cut my class schedule in half, or, you know, we need new equipment. Can we order that or not? So there really was this more, more so Iwana had a, personal kind of you know dilemma going back and forth while she was trying to be recruited into Primerica and I more so had kind of a a business dilemma in my head of what do I decide for Mm. the people that I'm responsible for Um, and ultimately she taught the class she built a community we stayed pretty tough on like the kind of marketing material we put out we don't encourage people to like give out personal contact info stuff like that um so really i we didn't have a reason to say no you know you can't accuse somebody if you don't really know what's going on and so she taught the classes i left i graduated and moved on and i think a couple months after i left she moved and ultimately left the university left the town and now I think runs her own business and does Beachbody. So a different story than Iwana's, but you know, a different side of the coin that people might face in their careers. Sure. And I mean, we've kind of seen a lot of these programs. They're very stealthy. They prey on the vulnerable. Yes. They, they kind of come across as, oh, I have this fantastic opportunity for you. And listener, you know, that's the one thing that, I think you should probably be taking away from this. If it sounds too good to be true, and if somebody's coming up to you and they, they kind of give you that huckster pitch, be be skeptical. Yep. Be skeptical of them and what they're offering you. If they're telling you, you can make $5,000 a month, well, that's sixty k a year, which is not a bad salary, but at the same time, how is 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 what it's going to be? And number, number two, why, I guess, is, is maybe the question to, to ask as well. You know, why am I doing what I'm doing and why am I getting $5,000 a month from what I'm doing, especially if they're advertising that you can work from home on your phone? So that's uh, that's really interesting, you guys. Great, great pair of stories there. The one thing I really want to draw out of you two next, though, is what can we share with job seekers to protect them? What should they be looking for on job boards and from other people how do they spot these things in the wild so the the biggest thing to be skeptical of like you mentioned is somebody reaching out to you whether that is on linkedin instagram facebook even tiktok now if somebody reaches out to you with an employment opportunity or a request to join their team or oh hop on this call and see what you think pretty much 99% of the time you can run away. You know, occasionally on LinkedIn, you'll get a, a legit message from an employer who is interested in your profile. But even then, beyond that, if you are ever doubtful, there are two very simple things that you can do. Number one, Google. You enter a company name or a person's name or a product into Google and anything comes up about MLMs or any type of controversy, a lot of times people will discuss these, especially there's a lot of new ones out there that don't have the same press and attention. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will be uh, have Facebook groups where it'll be people that escaped the MLM and now are trying to spread awareness or 
Reddit forums, anything at mm-hmm. all that pops up on Google, if there's something there that says talks about MLMs, it likely is. The other thing that I would say is if anyone approaches you about an opportunity or you find an opportunity yourself, run it by somebody that you trust and that you know will give you an honest opinion, whether that is your best friend or a parent a teacher, a professor, a a neighbor, anybody that is maybe not in your immediate circle and isn't going to go, oh yeah, like that sounds, that sounds really cool. Like good for you. Somebody that would push back and say, well, you know, did you think about this? Or maybe you should look into that. Um, Those are the two simplest things that you can do to kind of uh, scratch the surface of, of being, pulling back the curtain, if you will. And kind of going off of that, Uh, which we kind of have discussed. If anyone asks you to pay a monthly membership to be a part of a job, that's a huge red flag. If you have to buy a certain amount of a product, um, and that's kind of part of the job as well, run. (laughs) Um, Really anything around product or, you know, paying some type of fee, No job that is not an MLM will require you to pay a fee to be a part of that opportunity. Um, And if they make you buy product or anything, whether it's like, you know, a makeup product or clothing, no job makes you do that. So sit down, look it up. And, and ask around. And you should say that again for the people in the back so they can hear it one more time. <laughs> no job will make you pay. No legitimate yes. job will make you pay a no. fee to work there. And that that is probably one of the, the most driving bits for, I think, myself, too. Like, it just it infuriates me that somebody would, like, you're trying to make money. Well, you have to pay me to make money. That's not the way business yeah. works. You know, businesses take risks. Yeah. They hire employees to help them do their stuff. That's right. Yeah. If again, listeners, if you are presented with that, you know, hey, if you give me this for your starter set, that's how you wind up number one sucked into an MLM, but also with ten thousand dollars in LuLaRoe pants that are really ugly sitting in your garage. <laughs> uh, you know, that's yes. that. That's the one thing. I've, I've heard so many stories about these 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 women who have, you know, they are into this MLM and usually it's a fashion yeah. MLM and a lot of fashion MLMs yeah. um, in particular, you know, Lula Rowe uh, is the one that really comes to mind with me. And I, I have no idea how anybody has even thought of buying some of those pants patterns. They are horrendous, <laughs> uh, They're interesting. But, but I've seen these, uh, these stories of people who are literally sitting on thousands upon thousands of dollars in inventory and they can't yeah. sell any of it. Yeah. And do you two have any, any experience with, with folks who have had that kind of MLM journey? We've interviewed quite a handful of people who have experienced those similar uh, similar things in an MLM. One person that stands out to me that we've we just were on her podcast, Roberta Blevins, mm-hmm. who worked for LuLaRoe and was pretty high up in in her upline. She she was really involved in the company for several years. She is. You know, she finally got out of the MLM. She has a documentary on Vice, and she's super active in the community. But she had, I mean, she was putting in so much money. She had so much product. And both when the company went under, you're you're left with all that product. And so she's a really good source. Um, she has a, a podcast called Life After MLM. Um, that's a really good source for other people's stories as well as hers. Interesting. So there's, there's another one to take away. If you... Uh... Listener, if you're yeah. ever skeptical about what you hear in Recruiting Hell, which I hope you have a, a healthy amount of skepticism, but at the same time, we do no, not want to uh, <laughs> lead you astray. Uh, some great other resources from folks who are not us here 
to to look into. That's really neat. And again, I I had totally forgotten that LuLaRoe had folded. That was yeah. that's the really yeah. interesting thing. So these folks, you know, they were part of this company, and it vanished yeah. overnight. And again, there a lot a lot of folks are stuck with piles, mountains yeah. of yeah. merchandise. Which and is just something wild. that's interesting that we've kind of uncovered mm-hmm. too is for a lot of these. I say women because a lot of these MLMs are geared and focused towards women, right? Like my experience yes. with Primerica is pretty rare. I find it's really not rare, but it's just hard to find men who are either speaking about their experiences or really just involved in the MLM world. But what we've noticed is a lot of these, I'll, I'll say women, women really love these products, right? Like they genuinely love their nutritional shakes and they love the company's, you know, makeup or leggings. So it's it's really hard when, you know, you feel so attached and, and you really do truly love the product, uh, but you're mm-hmm. obviously involved in, in what's ultimately, in my opinion, a scam. Very interesting. And I wonder if there is a difference between men and women in particular when it comes to the type of MLM that they would perhaps, I don't want to say fall for, but, you know, that they would be involved in. Um, as you mentioned, Ioana, the the clothing type MLMs, I'm sure, exceptionally popular with women, whereas Primerica seems to be a little bit more of like a, yeah. a bro MLM, if you will. Like, man, we're talking yeah, finances, you know, things like that. And I, yep. I feel like that's something that folks should watch out for, too. You know, uh, particular ones that are maybe tailored to who you are and and, and what you are. Uh, so that that's really interesting to to see that, again, there's a, a large gulf in that, but there are ones that target mm-hmm. men as well. Very yeah. interesting. Good deal. Now, here's the here's the tough one. Here's the really tough question. What should job seekers be asking themselves if they're presented with that recruitment offer? And if it doesn't smell right or doesn't sound right, how do they get out of that situation away from that person? How do they, they end that conversation? <laughs> oh man <laughs> well you can fly across the country to uh save that person yeah. <laughs> right yes <laughs> yes yeah um again for me the the biggest things are um and this is something that um, the anti-mlm movement which is primarily made up of experts and survivors such as roberta blevins really are trying to push a a an energy and an aura of um, compassion and kindness and and sympathy. So if you are approached by someone or you get a DM or someone's talking to you about it, just be kind and just you know a gentle like no, I'm not interested or you know I don't think I have time. Um, you know, maybe another time, something like that, um, can go a long way. If you get pushback though, again, this is where I would definitely recommend reaching out to somebody for advice or even to help you. Um, so such as in Iwana's case, I still remember some of the text messages that I would get about the things that he was saying and the pitches and when he DM'd me on Instagram, and having just having a second person there that you trust and that you feel comfortable with to talk about something that, you know, at any time talking about money and income and even work for a lot of people, it can be kind of, you know, it, it shouldn't be this way, but it feels kind of taboo sometimes. Um, so having someone that you trust where you can, 
you know, say, oh, you know, what should I say? Or how does this sound? Or, oh, could you write up maybe something that I could say to them? Or could you contact them for me? I've found in a lot of people's cases that that is a simple thing that you can do, but is, is really helpful, especially to people that might not have that strong of a voice or be that confident in, in pushing back on something. Hey, listeners, we're going to take a quick break here for some of the business side of running a podcast. These sponsors not only believe in this show, but they may have a product, service, or even an open position that can help you end your job hunt. Give them a listen and drop by their websites in thanks for their help in supporting this show and your work. A lot of times on this show, we talk about the power of networking to find a job. Well, networking is exactly how we wound up partnering with our newest sponsor, CoinList. So you're asking yourself right now, Rob, what is CoinList? Well, CoinList is a San Francisco and New York City-based technology company that provides investors with access to the most cutting-edge investment opportunities in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space. On CoinList, investors can access the best new crypto tokens before they list on other crypto exchanges, and it pays to be early in crypto. Now, right now, they have two special offers for listeners of Recruiting Hell. The first... As a Recruiting Hell listener, you'll earn $10 of Bitcoin when you create an account and trade at least $100 worth of assets on the CoinList trading platform. That's right, you heard me, free Bitcoin. Just visit www.coinlist.co slash recruitinghell to get started. The second is something that could end your time in Recruiting Hell altogether. CoinList is hiring. You heard me right, CoinList could be your next great opportunity for work. Excited about cryptocurrency? Got a passion for technology? Find CoinList's open positions today at coinlist.co slash jobs. That's coinlist.co slash jobs. And when you do, be sure to tell them Rob sent you. We're back. A big thank you to our sponsors for their offerings as well as you for considering That's great, especially for those folks who who maybe are not uh, wanting to be necessarily confrontational i mean i'm hearing in my my head chris griffin from family guy i need an adult you know yeah, <laughs> and, and even, thing. but but and sometimes you do need yes. an adult that's and the even yeah. at the end of the yeah. day if this is somebody that you know maybe you have really no relationship with them or you know, maybe you went yeah. to high school with them and you haven't talked to them in 10 years and they dm you or something that honestly if you're okay with it block them because if they are DMing you or messaging you or they're trying to recruit you and you know in your gut or you know for sure that they're trying to get you into their MLM, do you really want to be their friend? Do you really want to be in their list of followers if they are trying to prey on you financially? I don't think yeah. so. So if you're comfortable, yeah. feel free to block them because at the end of the day, it is your life and, and your wallet that you need to protect, not your Instagram friend list. We still get messages. I mean, I the other day texted Aaron. I've got two messages from two different individuals asking me or letting me know that I would I seem like the type of person that would be successful in quote, the business, and that I should join. And I just refer, I say, you know, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate that. But I am an anti-MLM movement activist. 
and then I refer to the podcast. <laughs> Obviously, that's nice. different for everyone. But, you know, it's still a nice way. And I say I wish you the best of luck because we don't come from a place of attacking. We just genuinely care about these individuals. And some people, you know, it takes a while for them to really understand what they're involved in. So I always say just come from a place of kindness if you're the one who's being recruited and you're not interested. You know, just say thank you. Let them know that you're just not interested. And like Aaron said, block them. I, that's what I would do. Man, you guys gave a lot better advice than I did. <laughs> we try to take Yours the friendlier lot more approach. Human, a lot more human, a lot more stuff like that. And again, that that I think is, you know, you get more flies with honey than vinegar, which is yeah. just outstanding. Yes. So yeah. I think that's wonderful. The, this question I've been waiting all episode to answer, to ask, and I really want to hear what you two have to say about it. We all got, you know, locked in houses for a year not long ago. What kind of impact did COVID have on MLS? Uh, that is – Rob always with the best questions. Um, <laughs> so this is something I was – when we were compiling, like, data mm-hmm. and statistics for this episode, um, what I kind of – so there is this idea. If you just look at it at the surface level of, okay, like, MLMs – ran rampant during COVID. Everybody, you know, you have tens of millions of people that are unemployed, such as Iwan and I. You have tons of people that are just trying to make rent and put food on the table and get by, and everybody is online 300% more than they were and on new platforms that they don't necessarily know how to work. Um, And everybody's scared. Like, everybody's going through a collective trauma and really just wants to grasp at anything to connect them to other people. So I assumed that through looking at the data that we would see this huge balloon in MLMs and MLM activity. But if you're looking at the data right now in the summer of 2021, it's not necessarily true because, number one, we don't necessarily have the data yet. But two, the MLM industry as a whole over the basically since around 2000 has essentially been declining in size, which to me speaks to the increased presence of the MLM industry in kind of the world of politics and in lobbying. Because if there's any type of serious MLM law or transparency act that was put into place, it would not be the nail in the coffin, obviously, for the industry, but it would be a pretty brutal blow to an industry that's actually kind of dying. Um, Believe it or not, they are out of the golden age of of business in terms of getting easy revenue and easy... Interesting. And I found this really interesting statistic that actually compared the percentage of MLM sales to uh, U.S. retail sales as a whole... Um, and just over the last years, it went down from uh, 1.1% to 0.8% as a whole. So in terms of the broader market of where people are spending money and buying goods, the amount that MLMs are taking up in that is actually decreasing. The negative thing that I would share, though, and again, a lot of statistics and data are not out yet because it takes time to get that because the industry sure, is yes. not transparent. The biggest thing, though, is two things. Number one, the amount of new MLMs that are out there. A lot of people and a lot of companies at the start of the pandemic, once we realized how long the lockdowns were going to be and how many people were unemployed, a lot of people 
popped into action, created their own, and were like, all right, we're going to use TikTok and Facebook and Instagram to milk this. And the other thing you saw was an increase in the amount of targeting that was done towards not only women, but um, to minority populations and people of the really yes, of the lower economic tiers. Again, like we mentioned, it is the people that are already most vulnerable and need the income the most that are going to be preyed on and actually are the ones that become the most harmed by this system. Wow. That, that's, it's great to hear that they're kind of, they seem to be in decline. The only, the only thing I, I, I kind of question about that, not that I would ever be like, no, that's not right data, Aaron. But the only thing I would say is, you know, did U.S. retail sales grow over that time? in proportion to ML, MLM sales, maybe growing less. And that's why the percentage went down. Yeah, but, So it's not, it's but, not uh, necessarily a, a decrease or a cut, but it's more so that kind of, when you look at it proportionally, where you kind of uh, get a little, I would not be optimistic, but you get a little bit of optimism in saying, okay, well, hope. Yeah. if you compare them, the, the bubble in the bubble of retail is gone down a little bit, but also in that same time, the, whole retail bubble has absolutely exploded. But it was just something that I would have never guessed. I would have said, oh, over the last 20 years with the rise of social media and the internet and you know consumer spending, oh, you're just going to see MLMs go up, up, and up. But it wasn't necessarily true, um, which I thought was very interesting. Something else to note, kind of going oh. off of that. I don't, I mean, this wasn't, COVID didn't really affect this part of MLMs, but they really used COVID within MLMs to promote their products. We saw several different MLMs like um, Young Living, which is an essential oil brand MLM, you know, use their products to tell people that, oh, you know, our nutritional shake, our essential oil will protect you against COVID. So people that were you know, people were panicking, losing jobs. So they were going to these MLMs trying to find jobs. And then on top of it, you had all these recruiters and MLMs pitching these products and making these videos telling people that this will protect you against COVID. And that was really scary. We saw that numerous times, especially in the beginning where people didn't really know what COVID was. We didn't have really any idea of what the vaccine could look like, how we could help people. And so they really targeted vulnerable people both recruiting but both trying to promote their product that it could save people from covid that is yeah. monstrous but i think that's the only word to describe that is to is to truly be selling yeah. snake oil yeah. in in yeah. some cases to to people who are afraid seeking a cure and and preying doubly on that vulnerability um you want to thank you for sharing, sharing that that's it's pretty despicable yeah. um <laughs> again why i'm a big anti-mlm proponent because uh that's that's just un unbelievably crazy not to only have them bring the people into their their company and probably pump them for money, but also to say this little vial of stuff will will save your life when you know we lost how how many hundreds of thousands of people here in America I think it was five yeah, or six yeah. all told that that doesn't help them that doesn't help them and, and that's just another thing to be aware of if you're hunting for a job you know these unbelievable claims yeah. these unbelievable product testimonials grain of salt spoon of salt whatever it might be if it sounds too good to be true it probably is whether it's from a financial compensation point or from the product you know product cures cancer does mm -hmm. it yeah gotcha 
Well, we are almost down to the end here, my friends, and it is time to turn the tables and give you two an opportunity to tell us what questions did I not ask about MLMs that are critical for our job-seeking listeners to know. I think a good one would be what kind of resources are out there and where people can go to educate themselves, Mm -hmm. especially since this is not something that is taught in school and, you know, you don't take a a class on this. Um, It's kind of a piecemealed approach to to self-education. But the, the biggest resource that I would point people to is the Anti-MLM Coalition. They have some fantastic resources. And the good thing about the anti-MLM industry and all the advocates that are online now is they like to educate while having fun, and they like to make it enjoyable. So there are so many infographics and charts and videos and podcasts and YouTubers. And there's so many like creative outlets. If you're not necessarily one that wants to go read some type of, you know, report on data and, Oh, what are the wording signs? Um, that's a really good uh, website and group that kind of compiles everything into a central location. Also Roberta Blevins. She is absolutely one of the, uh, industry leaders in terms of fighting back against MLMs, both in the realm of law, but also um, in pop culture. Uh, she has a podcast called Life After MLM, and she brings on not only survivors, but also industry experts. So, And there's a lot of things where if you, you go out and read for an hour or watch a video, you can learn a lot really fast and actually become helpful to friends and family who might end up in a situation one day with an MLM. Definitely. Ioana, what do you have? Yeah, I I don't have a question, but kind of going off of that, you know, if you're in a situation where you feel like something is off, kind of my story where I knew something was off, but I didn't know what an MLM was, or I didn't know where to start, really listen and, and look for other people's stories. If you think it's an MLM and you find out it is, do some research, look for someone else's story. There are so many people, Roberta Blevins, who we touched on, Josie, who is another person who was an upline um, in an MLM. There are various people on YouTube um, who have um, their own channels as well as podcasters and on TikTok who just honestly open openly and honestly share their story about their experience. Use that to really kind of have an example of what it could be like and then use that to determine your decision of whether or not you'll join the MLM. Hopefully not. That's our goal. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> say, make sure because there are other videos out there of people who you yeah. should join my thing. Yes. Uh, if if there is a, you know, don't be fooled, dear job seeker, yes. by somebody who is, you know, looking sharp and shiny in this case. So, good deal. Well, all right. The final three questions are the ones that I'm asking everyone this season. Uh, they can be one word answers, and that works. But don't be afraid to maybe expand upon them more in depth if you would like. Ooh. And uh, you want to start with, with, yeah, right. This is kind of a fun one. <laughs> a little bit rapid fire here. It's going to be great. So I'm going to start with you, Ioana. Uh, what is the number one thing you think is wrong with the way the modern job search works? So the first thing that comes to me, which is what I'm just going to go with, I just feel like it's not super personal anymore. Or per, like you, it's hard to make a connection with someone just from you know uploading your resume, uploading your cover letter, and that's kind of the the start of the process. Um, so I wish there was a more interactive way of getting to know 
um, you as someone who's trying to find a job and also the people working at a company initially because I found throughout my experiences when I was unemployed I was just kind of throwing hundreds of applications into um, these online systems and you know you never hear back or I just I wish there was more of a personal connection I guess I could go on a rant so I'll say personal good deal Aaron same question to you what is the one thing you think is wrong with the way the modern job search works Mm -hmm. for me and you know being unemployed during COVID and now looking for a job again it is absolutely the fact that people who are job candidates and job seekers become almost objectified and like we are the product no you have to remember that you are auditioning the company okay you are an asset you have no matter what your background is no matter what experiences education you have you need to remember that you are the one that is going to be doing the work this is going to be your career it is your time it is your family it is your one life that you have to live and we teach students in high school and in college and even beyond that that this is a scary process and you're going to have to interview hundreds of times and you know you have to be perfect and you have to fit the mold and they have to want you. You have to make them want you. No, if, if a company or a position doesn't want you or it's not the right fit, there is something else out there for you that is meant to be and I truly believe that and it's really hard and it's really disheartening to see so many people especially young people in and coming out of college that just beat themselves up and just hate on themselves for not getting a specific job or having such a hard time. Know that everybody else is going through it. It is a rocky path for most people. And eventually, if you follow your gut and you make decisions that feel right, you will end up in the right place. There were never better words spoken about one of the things I drum on so hard in this show that you are worth more than your work. Good, sir. Thank you for that. That was outstanding. That's probably going to be some sort of micro video snippet or something like that. It's going to be great. All right, next question. What's the one thing that you've seen with the modern job hunt that everyone doesn't do that they should be doing? Aaron, you're first this time. Hmm. So I would definitely say actual physical, whether it's in person or online, networking and building connections. If there is no better way to get a job, whether it's your dream job or maybe it is an internship at a company where you think your dream job is, talking to people who know that industry, talking to people who are involved in that company, and actually building a relationship with them, asking them about themselves, their experience, that is a huge way to get in the door and ultimately, you know, build that that bridge that's going to get you there. I think a lot of people just throw their resume into the ring and think, "Oh, why am I not getting anything?" Build relationships and talk to people. I know it makes me sound like I'm like 70 and like sitting in a big chair, but like you got to do it. Excellent. Ioana, same question. What's the one thing you've seen with the modern yeah. job hunt? everyone does do that they should. I was going to say the exact same thing. Really? But that's truly been the thing that has gotten me every opportunity. I have had various opportunities within broadcast journalism 
both in Chicago and New York, and I have no connection to that world. Both my parents are Greek immigrants, didn't even finish grammar school. So the way that I've really been fortunate enough to kind of even just get an opportunity to interview has been through networking. And I cold message people all the time. That's probably my number one thing is don't be afraid to put yourself out there. What's the worst that could happen, right? They say no, you don't even know them. So it's okay. And don't let that get you down because you know, you're going to get one no out of all the hundred messages you send. But there could be that one message, um, that one person who has been been in your shoes who knows how you feel and wants to give you a chance to talk or even interview you Um, so just put yourself out there don't give up um, and the right opportunity will come got it i want to pause this lightning round here for what you just said about cold messaging people how do you do it yeah so i so i usually i at first, I wasn't really good at it, um, but I had someone when I was at WGN in Chicago sit me down, and he was kind of he was an older individual who had been in the broadcast industry for a lot of years, and he just he taught me the system um, to kind of look up people within the company or the job that you want. Um, and I'm old school; I have flashcards. I write down people's names. I write out when I cold message them the first time and then I would update it and I just had this file of index cards that I would just keep adding to um, and so I would just send a message like hi my name's Ioana I'm interested let's say in a production assistant job at Nightly um, I sent in my application I'd love to chat whether that's you know over the phone or grab some coffee just to get to know your experience um, and that's it. And then I would send that out, but I would send that to 20, 30 people within the company. I also, I've called recruiters personally. I mean, I've really done whatever it takes to get the opportunity or to get the moment of someone's time who could potentially help me along the way. Um, The way I got the opportunity at Nightly, I actually was back and forth with a recruiter. I found her email online. You can find pretty much anyone's email. LinkedIn (laughs) is a wonderful resource. I love LinkedIn. Um, And I emailed her. I asked to set up an interview to just chat about an opportunity that I had applied for. And the chat went really well. Uh, But I ended up calling her. She was kind of slow to get back to me, and I was a little impatient, so I picked up the phone. I said, hi. She's like, "Um, who is this? I'm I'm like, oh, it's Ioana, the girl you've been emailing with. You know, I'm really interested in setting up a time. I don't mean to, you know, bother you, but uh, I would really love to set something up. She set up a call then and there. I had a call with her within the next week, and I ended up interviewing at this particular place several times for several different opportunities. Turns out I... I turned them all down, um, but you know it really taught me to not be afraid to put yourself out there and track, right? That's my biggest thing was I tracked when I reached out to people, when it was okay to follow up again, but I've sent hundreds of messages on LinkedIn, and truly every opportunity I've gotten, my current job I got because I reached out to someone. The job previous, I reached out to the recruiter. I mean, that's really how I've gotten every single opportunity, which is crazy. And I now, highly you, recommend that. Yeah. Now, you can't claim to be like, same thing as Aaron. Because what Aaron said is not what you just said in this case. Because they are it's both incredibly valuable. on another level. Like, it I is. Think it, you, it, in, in my industry, right, with broadcast, people mm-hmm. are pretty – they tell you, you know, as an undergrad student – 
don't reach out to big companies, right? ABC, NBC, CBS, you're just a number. They're, you're irrelevant. That's what they basically tell you. Don't waste their time. But on every single company's website, when you're applying for a job at the bottom, they usually disclose what they what they want you to send and what they don't. And sometimes a lot of these big companies actually accept like physical resumes and cover letters. So I've sent out as a 26 year old, I have mailed out applications and resumes to these big companies. And I think that's also stood out because really no one sends in a resume or a cover letter as well. And then they also say, you know, if you, no one gets offended if you reach out to them as a recruiter, right? That's their job. They want to recruit someone to fill that position. So I say, you know, just reach out to recruiters. I'm still personal and friendly with all these people because you never know how that one person can help you again in life. So that was a lot, but I really, I really just reach out. But you both have brought so much to the table this entire time, so that that's outstanding. Now, last but not least, and Ioana, you cannot double up on this one. Oh, What's no. your number one LinkedIn tip? Oh, I was just going to use that. Now you that. can't say what I just said. <laughs> well, I love LinkedIn. Um, I think it's a wonderful resource and really overlooked, kind of co- confusing for someone, especially coming out of undergrad um, or someone who hasn't really used any, uh, like particularly LinkedIn, to find a job. But I would say, um, for me, another way that I've kind of been able to either network or just kind of put my work out there through LinkedIn has been to just share any upcoming projects I'm working on, sharing our podcast link for us. I was doing a documentary slash thesis in grad school, sharing that on that platform, because again, you never know, you know, hundreds of people connect with you all the time on LinkedIn. It could really, it could it could pop up on someone's platform um, and you don't know who that person knows. So putting your work, not only networking and connecting, but putting your work out there and your best work out there because you really never know who could see it. Spectacular. Aaron, number one LinkedIn tip. Go. So treat it like what it is. It is a social networking platform. So socialize on there especially using the the feed that is just like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Go through people's posts. Look at what articles people are sharing. Look at people's job updates and anniversaries. Like them, comment on them, congratulate them. Share your own updates. Share articles that you find are interesting. Follow companies that align with your passions because just like Iwana messaging people and, you know, going through the spider web of different connections that people might have, you never know who is going to see a comment or who is going to get a notification that, oh, Aaron Carlson liked my post. I haven't talked to him in two years, but I'm going to message him or I'm going to go look at his profile. Maybe he's looking for a job. You just never know what is going to happen or who's going to see it. So again, put yourself out there, engage, and only good things can come from doing that. That's awesome. That I think that might be the best triple up right there of, of all those three questions you guys hitting them out of the park here so it is the end of the show and i guess this is the time where number one i want folks to be able to find more of you too you know where where are people going to find you too what you're all about follow you on social media where are they going to look so we're on every platform that basically exists. So on Facebook, we're Sip With Me One because someone took Sip With Me. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, we're Sip With Me <laughs> underscore. Audacity. 
Yeah, we're trying to get it back. That's that's our goal. Um, so Facebook, sip with me one, Twitter and Instagram, sip with me underscore. We're also sip with me underscore on TikTok. Um, you can find our podcast, Sip With Me Podcast, on any podcast streaming platform. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all of them. We also have a website called Sip With Me. Dot org again someone took sip with me.com so it's dot org um and yeah i think that's all of our platforms aaron right yeah and both yeah. of our inst- our biggest mm. engagement platform is instagram and yeah. both of our personal handles are in our sip with me bio yes. so if you want to connect with either of us individually we are more than happy to talk with you and we also accept follows from anybody who wants to engage with our content so awesome there was one last thing that uh, I think came along with uh, with doing this little crossover, and Aaron, yes. you, were, you were certainly a a brilliant guy to 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 uh, say yes to this because uh, you know bringing your show and a, a bit of your show into mine was was fantastic. You have a drink recipe for us to kind of celebrate this little crossover, don't you? Yes, we do, and Iwana is going to share it. This is a drink that we created specifically for anti-MLM mm-hmm. content. Um, so we're excited to have another chance to share it because it's kind of just something that we invented and don't really get to throw it around that much. So Iwana is our bartender of the week, yes. I guess. Iwana, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> so it's called the Plink Drink, uh, which if you know MLMs, you probably know where that is inspired from. It's from a particular MLM and a product within that MLM. Um, it's two parts gin, one part St. Germain, one part raspberry lemonade, and a lemon wedge to garnish. So you just shake it all up, put it through a fine strainer, and then you pour it into a nice chilled martini glass and garnish it with a lemon wedge and enjoy. It's super easy, very tasty. Perfect for the summer, very fresh, um, and very, very reminiscent of an MLM product. But it, this one's better. This is a this is a good cocktail. Right. This one, you don't have to buy a yes, starter pack. No kit. starter pack. <laughs> it's completely free. I love it. I was actually really curious. I was really curious what direction you guys were going to go with that. Like, I love bringing the theme in. I wasn't sure if you guys were going to go, like, fiery for being on this show, but I love that it was was the theme. Like, I'm looking up recipes, like, what if they put, like, peppermint schnapps in it? Or Ooh, that's good. Like, that's more But no, this, this, uh, this sounds really, really tasty. So, hey, listeners, little little bonus there for you from uh, one of our fantastic friend podcasts here. And, that, Ioana, that was called the... The Plink, Plink Drink. Yep, P-L-I-N-K. Plink Drink. Plink Drink. Plink drink. Well, this episode of Recruiting Help brought to you by the Plink Drink in this case. But either way, again, you two, thank you so much for all of your effort, all of your research, all of the relationship between my show and your show. It's been just an absolute pleasure having you down here in the fiery depths of Recruiting Help, my friends. Thank you both. As we draw this episode to a close, remember, you. you are worth more than your work. Your value to society is not dictated by what you do to pay your bills. Job hunting is difficult, no matter your age, gender, location, or background, and it's both acceptable and to your benefit to seek every bit of help in conquering this challenge. For more from Recruiting Hell, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player or our YouTube channel, and don't forget to leave a review of the show if your podcast platform allows it. It's tremendously helpful. Connect with Rob via LinkedIn. Be sure to visit recruiting-hell.com to subscribe to our newsletter. And of course, follow the show all across social media. Just look for the orange and blue flame logo. Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios and is proudly made in Wisconsin. 
Lastly, be sure to visit and support our sponsors. They make it possible to do this show and make it better every single week. Remember, your job hunt is a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, it's Rob. Are you looking for a new opportunity in an up-and-coming industry that can help you get out of recruiting hell? Coinlist, one of the fastest growing companies in the cryptocurrency space, is hiring. That's right, they not only support this show because they believe in it, but they believe that there's great talent to be found in this audience. Generous comp, great flexibility, incredible benefits, a strong culture, and a powerhouse team sound like a fit for you? Head to www.coinlist.co slash jobs and apply today. That's www.coinlist.co slash jobs. And be sure to let them know that you found them here on Recruiting Hell.